CK can help share a little bit of a Bible story to kick it off this morning. So kind of ad-libbed, so roll with this. But it comes from John 9. And it starts with a guy called Jesus who looked a little bit like Isaac. And Jesus is just in the salon getting his due. He'll be out in a minute. Here we go. So one day... There was Jesus, and he was with a couple of disciples who kind of looked like Roxy and Claire. Okay, so these guys were just walking along, and then they came upon a blind man who looked a little bit like Elise. Now, these disciples, they said to Jesus, Why is this guy blind? Why is this guy blind? Was it him or his parents who sinned? Then Jesus said, Neither. Neither. This man. This man. Or his parents. Or his parents. Did anything wrong. wrong. He was just born blind. He was just born blind. It's part of God's plan. It's part of God's, God's plan. Jesus had a bigger plan in mind for this man. In fact, God always has a bigger plan in mind. Now, after Jesus had said this, he walked over to the blind man. Get ready for it. He spat on the ground. He mixed it up and made some mud. And then smushed it in the guy's eyes. He wiped that mud all over the blind man's eyes. After he'd squished it in there, got it in there really, really well. Then Jesus said, Go. Go. Go and wash. Go and wash. In the pool. In the pool. Of Siloam. Of Siloam. Now this blind man, he could have ignored Jesus, really. He's some random that's just come and spat in his eyes. He could have got really, really angry, but he didn't. He stumbled his way along with mud in his eyes to the pool of Siloam. And then something happened. All of a sudden, the blind man could see. (laughs) All of a sudden, the blind man could see. (laughs) Now, all the neighbors and the people around him, this is you guys need to be involved in this, they said, isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? And the man said, It's me. (laughs) And the people wanted to know, how can you see? How can you see? And the man said, A man called Jesus Jesus made mud, mud, put it in my eyes, eyes, told me to go wash, wash, and I can see. The blind man didn't know what was going to happen when Jesus told him to go and wash, but he obeyed, and because of that, there was an amazing miracle. Thank you. I'm not really sure how I can top that. (laughs) Let's see if this works. How do I work? That's the top one, is it? There we go. You might have guessed it. John 9, the man born blind. 
Many, many years ago, I, um, I was in, in a pastoral role, and uh, this particular morning, a young man turned up. He'd been there about uh, three months earlier, and he stayed for about three weeks, and then he disappeared. And this particular time, he came back by himself. And uh, at the end of the service, I said, you know, I, I just felt I needed to connect with him. So I, I said, can we get together? And he said, Sure. 10 o'clock tomorrow night. So there am I on Monday night knocking on a door because he'd given me his address going, man, I hope this is the right address otherwise I've got some explaining to do. Do you know, I think this captures something of, of what Jesus did. Jesus, Jesus saw the man. You know, our attitudes, our attitudes are so crucial. You see, when, when the disciples saw the man, they had a question. When Jesus saw the man, he saw something he could do to help. Anyway, this man ended up worshipping Jesus. And what I want to do today is just talk about why he got to that point. Because that's where, that's where he was left. At the end of this account, at the end of this story, that's all this man wanted to do. So what, what brought this man? Now, you know something of the story because the kids have kind of stolen the, the thunder, you know. Um, but let's go through. What led him to this? Well, <clears throat> there were some things he didn't know. And in, uh, let, me, let me read John 9. In John 9.25, he was told Jesus was a sinner. And, and, and what he said is this. He said, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. And he was quite free and open to say, look, some things in this world I don't know. But also... In 9.25, there were some things he did know. <clears throat> and this is what he said. One thing I do know, I was blind and now I see. He saw in himself a change. And then there were things that they all knew. The people even that was asking, asking him knew We know that God spoke to Moses. But as for this man, we don't know where he's come from. And the man said this. Now that's remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet you know my eyes, he opened my eyes. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners. He listens to the godly man who does his will. But you notice, that wasn't just I know. That was... We know. Look, I have sat, I have sat here begging, and I've heard many people talk. I've heard you teach that God listens to the humble, that he listens to those who do his will. You've told me that. You've told me that. We know. We know that he listens to the godly man who does his will. And now you're telling me that that's wrong? 
in the context of this, the, the context of what this man was saying was three things. There was confusion, there was conflict, and there was cowardice. And yes, I got three C words there. The confusion. The confusion was about who this man was. Was he the one who had been blind? The, the neighbours could not, could not decide whether he was the one that had been born blind. There was conflict. There was what I've just read. There was individuals that said, he can't have been blind. This never happens. And there was those, like his parents, who, could, who knew he had been blind, but would not stand up and pay the price to stand with him at this time. You know, it's never happened before. So therefore it can't happen. It's never happened before. But that means you're lying. It's never happened before. And I won't sacrifice anything for that. Confusion would not stop Jesus. Conflict would not stop Jesus. And cowardice was no match for Jesus. And you know, I'm thankful. I'm incredibly thankful. Because... It all began where we all began. When we were blind. When things didn't matter. Did, we, we couldn't put life together. Blindness for this man was, a, was suffering. It defined his life. But when Jesus saw him, it wasn't the question the disciples asked that galvanized him. It was what his father had called him to do. You know, one of the big questions in the Christian movement is how can God be good, all good, and all powerful, and yet evil exists? I don't know if you've ever had to beg. But one of the interesting things here is that this man didn't ask Jesus to be healed. And Jesus didn't promise him that he would be healed if he went to the pool of Solomon washed. Jesus just healed him. In fact, the text says, and he came back seeing. And, and I think we're meant to get a bit of a surprise there. I don't know if you've ever had to beg, but it's demeaning. It's, it's, it's terrible. And the two approaches, the disciples approach, I want to know why this happened. Who's to blame? And Jesus' answer was, hey, look, raise your vision. See the big picture. God doesn't always answer our questions, but he always works. I still remember having gone through a, a difficult time, and I'm sitting in church one morning, and I, I'm having a, an argument with God. You know, I, I'm going, why? You know, that, that disciple's question, you know, that was unfair. And you know what God said? 
how can I give you what I didn't give Jesus? Because my friends, the cross was never fair. And that transformed the way I approached that situation. Didn't make it any easier to having lived through it. But what it did do is, is, is what Jesus is saying here. Get your eyes, open your eyes. See the big picture. And he's been there before us. When tragedy strikes, are we like the disciples that see a question? Or like Jesus that sees the man? I, um, I have a cartoon at home. <clears throat> it's a Charlie Brown one. Not that I'm into Charlie Brown lots. But Charlie Brown asks this question. He says to Snoopy, You know, Snoopy, we're all going to die one day. And Snoopy comes back with this line which I love. Yeah, but on every other day we don't. You know, I think Snoopy captures, in fact, the cartoon writer captured something for us that day. We must, we must, was Jesus said, we must, while it's day, while we've got the opportunity, look, while we're alive, we have an opportunity. You know, that I must is actually a translation of a word that can be translated, it's necessary. I'm, there was a sort of compulsion. I have no other option to do the works that God has called me to. You see, the God that the disciples' question said was a God who's out there with a crooked back to punish you every time you do something wrong. But the God that Jesus presents to us here is a God that looks at suffering, he looks at pain, and says, I'm going to do something about it. You know, and I think back to Moses in, in, in Exodus 3, where, where God says, look, I've seen the misery of my people. I've heard their cries, and I have come down, and I am going to do something about it. I am going to rescue them. This is the God. This is... This is this is not the why question. This is, hey, I can do something and I will. And, and I was looking through John and the, the, the seven miracles in John. There's the turning of the water into wine. It's about an answer to disappointment. There's the healing of the official son, an answer to doubt. There's the healing of the invalid, an answer to disability. There's the feeding of the 5,000, an answer to hunger. There's the walking on the water, it's an answer to despair. The healing of the man born blind here is an answer to darkness. You know, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. I am here to give you sight. You know, I can see most of you are in darkness at the moment. Literally darkness. I don't mean <laughs> figuratively. You know, the lights are not on. There's limited vision. And Jesus says... I'm the light of the world. You know, if, if, if we turned the lights on now, you would all feel differently. You would look differently. I would, see, I would see details on your faces. I would see those that are asleep. You know, the raising of Lazarus. Jesus is the answer to death. You know, the God of the disciples 
is a God who punishes. And they need to know why so they can avoid the punishment. But the God of Jesus is one who sees, one who heals. You know, we prefer at times to turn away from those who are suffering. It's uncomfortable to be around someone in pain. You know, people create ideas like karma. If I do enough good, it'll balance the bad. I, I was watching, actually Catherine was watching the, the news on Thursday night and they were talking about Matariki and how they'd set up a, um, an offering altar to put food on it to sacrifice to the gods or the, the stars. You know, the God of the Bible is not someone who's going to be manipulated by an offering. He doesn't need feeding. Paul made that point very, very clear. In, in Acts 18. You know, Jesus is saying, you know, like we were singing, give us life. You know, you know, you know what John's gospel is all about? Giving us life. Giving us life that we might believe that in him we can have life. John 20, 31. You know, sure, we don't need things to be all buttoned down. And it's uncomfortable, I know. You know, when mis misfortune can happen at any time. I have a friend who's a young youth pastor. <clears throat> About three months ago, he was diagnosed with kidney failure. He's a nice guy. Which of us doesn't ask the question why? But as I watch his life now, and yes, 20 hours a week on dialysis machines, it, it saddens me, but I, I want to do something to help. I, I want that kind of action. I, I think of when I broke my neck, C6, C7, just at the back here, put my foot down a drain, cleaning windows. At least I was doing something useful. But <clears throat> I tell you what, I didn't need Romans 8.28 quoted to me. I needed someone who'd come beside me and like Jesus, put it right. When tragedy strikes, I value Jesus. So the God of the Bible... Is he a policeman or a medic? Is he someone who wants to know why it's happened? Or is he someone there to give a helping hand? Yes, I did have an operation, and yes, I can walk today. If I hadn't had the operation, I probably wouldn't be walking. <clears throat> One thing I know, this man would say, and probably to his dying day, I was blind, but now I see. And of course, John Newton picked it up for his, for his most famous hymn. This man knew some things. He knew his life was different. He knew what blindness meant. 
and he knew what sight meant. And the only thing he could do was acknowledge that Jesus had changed his life. The man's need was the only requirement. You know, Jesus' attitude hasn't changed. Our lives can. I'm so grateful to the God of the Bible, the one who seeks and saves. For me, my conversion verse was uh, 2 Corinthians 5.18. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. It happened here just in Lincoln. I was at a big conference. And that verse, I remember thinking that day, he took the initiative. Do you know what that means? When a friend takes the initiative to form a friendship, that means I don't have to be any different than what I am. Now, I'll tell you what. I was confused. I was, man, I was, a, I was in need of help. Let's just put it that way. I am so grateful that that verse came to me at that point in time. I was sitting, listening to someone like myself speak. I have no idea what they were saying. I have no recollection. But this verse, back in 1976, changed my life. And I guess that's what I'm saying. Behold Jesus. Behold the God of Jesus. Behold him. And folks, let's join the team. Let's see the man. And let's let that I must, or literally in this text, we must. That man's life. You can say, hey, look, he lived 30 years blind that God would bring a uh, good out of it. I, I'm, I, I find it hard to live 30 years waiting for God to bring the good. But you think about the good that this, this man's life brought. It's a small price. The price to wake up every morning blind. The price to know your only future is begging to be absolutely demeaned by, by some who might throw you or walk past you, who ignore you. You, you have no status. But Jesus comes and he doesn't see what this man hasn't got. He sees what he has got. And at the end of it, this man says, Jesus, you're all I want. You're all I want. I want to be with you. I want to follow you. I am for you. And I will worship. God bless you all.